the Raptors Reasonless Podcast. I'm your host, Blake Murphy, coming to you live from kind of underneath the Air Canada Center, alongside the Air Canada Center. Um, at floor level. But in, underground still, technically. Yeah, so does that mean floor level is underground as well? Yeah, it would be, because you yeah. enter at like 25 levels level. up in the yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, we're deep underground. Yes. Underground Raptors stuff. Uh, joining me, as usual, is Eric Green. Eric, how are you doing, buddy? I'm doing... Just okay. Like, just okay. How are you? Slightly better than just okay. Well, that's good. Yeah. We're recording this Tuesday night after the Toronto Raptors beat the Detroit Pistons 116-94 to in preseason action. And I'm a little better than just okay because that was a really, really fun game, Eric. Especially from a Raptors perspective. I mean, only from a Raptors perspective. Yeah, I, I can't guess. imagine there's going to be a uh, lot to be positive about if you're a Pistons fan, yeah. other than the great coverage that James Edwards and company are bringing you at the Athletic Detroit, oh, wow. uh, which is recently launched. Oh, wow. Um, got that pleasure. We met James yeah. tonight, which was... Uh, a lovely man. Yeah. Yeah, made the drive from Detroit. Um, yeah. They won't have... Look, James is going to have ample opportunity to analyze this team deeply because they're deeply flawed. Yes. They uh, were not inspiring tonight, uh, as most NBA teams in a preseason back-to-back would not be inspiring. But yeah, they got issues, and especially without uh, Avery Bradley, uh, who was injured, that you can see some of their uh, gaping, gaping holes. Yeah, of which there are many. Yeah, Avery Bradley uh, not playing. They only went with a 10-man rotation. They still have 17 guys in camp. So a lot of guys sat, including Boban who uh, I can confirm breaking news here on the Athletic Podcast. Uh, he's huge. He is a large man yeah. with big ears. Yes. Like somehow his ears still look big, despite his whole head being massive. Yeah, his ears are big. So his ears must be huge. Like, are they bigger than my hands? I, we're, Eric's showing us his hands right now, and I would say probably not. Yeah, it's um, got to be close, though. If anyone's wondering, Eric has quite average size yes. hands. So the averagest. Yes. Um, anyway, anyway, hand size analysis, ear size analysis. Uh, the Pistons aren't good. So this is what I mean. There are a lot of things that you have to try to strip out the context of in the preseason. The nice thing here is that the, the Pistons were bad, and it's a bad preseason game for the Pistons. Uh, but for the Raptors, we can extrapolate everything good that they did. Yeah, and they because didn't. it's obviously sustainable, um, as all progress is. Also, the progress they've made since the last preseason game will be linear and will continue. Yes, as all progress is, yes. as we were discussing before yes. we started recording here. Uh, I mean, obviously, the most encouraging sign has to be the 30 assists, which is higher than any assist game they had last year. Uh, and the three-pointers, you know, down from the 40s to, what was it? 37. Tonight? 37 a more reasonable tonight. 37. More, and they hit some. Uh, they hit some. And, like, they also, they've got more of them in rhythm, it seemed. Like, there weren't quite as many, you know, just taken threes for the hell of it type shots. There were a few because they took 37. But, but mostly the guys who you wanted shooting were shooting them. And uh, you live with that. That's what this offensive shift is supposed to be about, getting getting ball movement into the office, offense and getting the guys beyond the arc who you want to have shoot, shoot. And now, and how many do Miles and Miles Lowry and Ibaka combine for 20, uh, 20 attempts tonight? 
That's great. And they hit 10 of them. Yeah. And I mean, and that's not going to happen every night. But I think that's, you know, at the heart of any success that the Raptors will have in this shift is those three guys connecting, or, or at least taking that many uh, a night and connecting on, you know, you want to hope about 40% of them. 40% would be great. 35.1% yeah. on Tuesday. Um, to recap a little bit, 30 assists on 41 f- made field goals, which is uh, very strong. That's just shy of 75%. Um, two other kind of statistical points to know, too, and it, it's something Dwayne Casey has talked about a little bit, is that as they try to move the ball more and maybe as they try to get more threes from the driving kick attack as well, um, turnovers might come up. And they had been in the 20s for most of the preseason. They turned the ball over 15 times here. Four of those were kind of garbage time turnovers when the, the fourth stringers came in or third stringer, third and a half stringers. Uh, everyone but Bruno. Uh, no, uh, that's not fair. Lorenzo Brown and Malcolm Miller also didn't play. Yeah, but Malcolm Miller is injured. Yes. Um, anyway, so 15 turnovers, not where they are historically, but that might be a little bit of a trade-off. Uh, and then also 25 free throw attempts, which when DeMar DeRozan only has two in a game, that's a pretty good number for them. And, and those are two areas that they've, you know, a lot's been made about how the Raptors have kind of an archaic anti-analytic offense, which is somewhat overstated because they've always done a very good job on the offensive glass at the free throw line. And with turnovers. And they did two of those things pretty well here. The offensive rebounding wasn't much, but it's because they were making most of their shots. Yeah, I think, you know, you're going to have to live with this team turning it over more than 11 or 12 game times a game this year. If you want to see the progress that people want to see, that's going to happen. But, you know, 14 or 15 is a lot more desirable than, you know, the 20s that were happening early in the preseason, which is a product of it being early in the preseason and a lot of guys playing who won't play. And, you know, all that disposable junk that uh, we are mercifully almost (laughs) through with. One game Uh, away from being through with. The next time you hear this podcast, we still won't have an actual game to break down, but we'll be through the preseason. Yes. We'll get to think about an actual game. We'll get to think about an well, actual actually, game. Actually, they're only playing the Bulls, so not really. Yeah, oh man. But the Bulls locking down the Cavs tonight. Yeah. Uh, plan the parade route down Michigan, baby. Yeah, I mean, at least, look, you never want someone to get hurt. LeBron rolled an ankle tonight. It's wide open for the Raptors right now to be the preseason Eastern Conference champions. Yeah, uh, uh, just like when the Raptors started 9-2 and two that one year and, and then they fell apart at the end of the season. But Safe to people say. People were like, uh, are they going to get the 60 wins? Safe to say wins? that they're not going to start 9-2 this year with a six-game road trip no, in the first nine games? it's not safe. I think it's safe to no, say no, that they're, they're not going to. I mean, uh, sure. Look, if they, get, shoot, if they shoot 35% on 37 threes and 52% overall, they might. Every game, yeah. I mean, I mean they'll still lose still, to Golden State. Yeah, yeah you're still going <laughs> to run into uh, the thresher there. Um, but a lot of positives to take out of this one. Some minor things oh one more thing with the turnovers is um you know generally we don't talk about net turnovers in basketball like you do in in football um however the raptors figure to be a team especially in the that really fast long second unit um that is going to force a lot of turnovers And, and traditionally they have not been super aggressive Forcing turnovers, they've been about, they've been moderate, I would yeah. say. Um, that's something this team might do really well. We saw a little bit of it here because, again, Detroit is bad. Yeah. But if you've got players like DeLon Wright and Pascal Siakam, uh, you've got to let them do that to an extent. And it's, I wrote about that a bit uh, in my uh, sort of column on the start of Raptors preseason. Like, that is part of 
Siakam's strength as a player is being able to jump passing lanes. Yeah, didn't he have four forced turnovers in, in the uh, one preseason Yeah, game? I think he had seven combined steals in the first two games. Um, you have to, you want him to take advantage of that, but historically Dwayne Casey has preached, you know, fundamental, be in the right position, make them shoot over you type defense. So how do you live with that if you're Casey? And that will, I mean, we're, we're all talking about the offense and that's the biggest change on this team or, or perspective change. But that, I mean, will be just as interesting because he's got all these young, long guys who should be able to jump passing lanes and disrupt uh, the movement, other teams' movement on offense. Um, but that's not necessarily the way that Casey prefers to have his teams play historically. So it's going to be a lot about how the coach can adapt. And, you know, preseason results don't really mean anything, but he's letting them play how uh, the skill set dictates. And that's that's pretty promising, I'd say. Yeah, and we might be able to prescribe a little more when we actually know what the second unit is going yes. to look like. Um, so for those who didn't watch the game or haven't caught up... Uh, Norm, how dare you? Norman Norm Powell started... On Tuesday, CJ Miles came off the bench. Um, this is only the second time both of them have played in the same game. And back in the preseason opener, CJ Miles started. Norman Powell yeah. came off the bench. Um, we're going to write about this in a text version of the Raptors Reasonless this week uh, and a couple other rotation questions. But quickly, um, look, CJ Miles shot five bait on threes, went behind the back to set the one right up for uh, a dunk in transition. He had about as good of a game as you could want to see anyone in any particular role. Um, did you think any particular way about Norman Powell's game? No, like he didn't have the greatest night. Um, a couple of sweet dump-offs. Yeah, yeah, he had, he had a, a few nice passes in, trans, in traffic, which is obviously a huge thing to watch with Powell since he's so shot-happy at the rim traditionally. Um, he, he was fine, and he's been fine. But I like this whole thing, I don't think it's terribly important because... You know, if, if things go as planned, it's either Lowry or DeRozan is going to be the de facto point guard on on offensive from an offensive creation standpoint, the guy who's making plays and, you know, initiating the offense. And so you can say, oh, you need Powell to come off the bench because he's a more dynamic creator and, and toward the rim than Miles is. But it doesn't really matter because one of those guys is going to be there to be that guy. Uh, and and they're also going to be playing with DeLon Wright or Fred Van Vliet or both of them, which was another intriguing, fun look tonight. Um, other guys who can break down their defender if given uh, the opportunity. So I, you know, I don't mean to poo-poo that starting question, like go heading into the year. I thought Miles was maybe a better fit, and I'm not sure much has done to dissuade me from much has happened to dissuade me from that. But I'm not terribly like my level of conviction isn't very high. I would say. Well, it's gonna have to get high enough for us to get three thousand words out of it. Oh, later we'll this we'll week. do it. Yeah, we'll hem and haw. And, yeah, and I'll I'll turn up the heat on my takes as yes. far as who's gonna start. Uh, you mentioned Demar Derozan possibly playing that kind of de facto point guard role in the second unit or, or in the Derozan and bench units we've historically seen at the end of the first and third quarters. Uh, Demar Derozan was playing the de facto point guard basically the entire time he was on the floor yeah. on Tuesday. Um, we'll we'll just go quickly because you know you know who Demar Derozan is at this point, um, but he had eight assists in 28 minutes. That's the two turnovers. That's the just 10 field goal attempts. Um, he is. Like, 
look, it's the preseason, and we've seen flashes of this over multi-game stretches from him before, but he seems to very much be embracing at least the the part of the offensive changes. He hasn't shot the ball well from three, but the part where instead of reacting to the defense, he is now trying to manipulate the defense, anticipating what they'll do, and use that attention to get other people involved. It, it's been a pretty good preseason for him from a playmaking perspective. Yeah, and he's, like you said, he's shown this before. It's not surprising to see him develop this way. Uh, I mean, if you would have said five years ago he'd develop like this, it would have been surprising. But based on what he showed at times last year and the year before, he has uh, the, the Raptors MR now is trying to kick us out and determine is determined to make us work less but we will not work less for you listener um it's not surprising and and i think if he can play that role more often in lineups with lowry that frees you know probably the best shooter on the team still they have um yeah they've always worked really well with you know lowry spotting up around DeRozan and you know, Lowry's the point guard and is their best pick-and-roll playmaker, but he's also the best three-point shooter. Yeah. So if you can shift some of that to DeRozan, um, you know, and, and Lowry's not exactly shy about shooting the three, no. he might be willing to take the 30 that the team wants to take on his own. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's kind of, a, you know, flipping those roles a little bit as a way to get a, l- a little more spacing into the offense. It's not quite an inversion the way we used to see with James Johnson and Patrick Patterson, but, <laughs> um, you know, Lowry right. is their best above-the-break three-point shooter. And, yeah, so that's encouraging. The one other thing we'll note uh, on an individual level from the starters or the main guys, Jonas Valanciunas looks terrific. He's awesome tonight. Uh, 18 and 11 with two steals in 22 minutes. He's been very good during preseason in general. Um, Just, it's hard. I I know you're going to be writing about him. It's hard to sort of quantify or even qualify. It's probably easier to quantify it than qualify. The passes... Uh, the advancement in passing. That I mean, is made. it easier to quantify? Because uh, I have zero assists tonight, and yeah. we don't have sport view data. Yeah. For, you know, he so, he so, at least had one terrific secondary so assist. So it's hard to do both, yes. is my point. But um, I think a part of that comes from just not being in the post as much, because if you're in the post, your back is probably to the basket, which means you can't see half of the court. <laughs> and it's harder to, to you know... You know, the great ones can make passes out of the post and, and zip it around, zip it out there. But there aren't many guys like Arvidas Sabotis who can, you know, do that. Um, but from the top of the key, uh, not quite initiating the offense, but, you know, getting the ball on a handoff and sort of using his body as his body as a screen and, you know, a weapon to fling the ball somewhere. He's looked really, really comfortable. Um and DeMar DeRozan seems to realize that he plays for the Raptors now, which is good. That's important. Um, I you know, say that half-jokingly, but he's been looking for him more this preseason and finding him. Uh, I still think that Valanciunas' biggest upside offensively is getting the ball early in the pick-and-roll uh, just because he can make that pass, but he's also pretty nimble for a guy that big. Yeah, um, he's he, like 95th percentile role man scorer. Yeah, like he doesn't, you know, you think he's plotting and he should like run players over and, you know, be called for charges a lot, but it just doesn't happen. He's he's uh, very mal, or I don't even know what the right word is. He's very capable in that, and I've thought in the past maybe they've used him too much as a, uh, 
either as a decoy or just kept him as a rebounding and occasional post-touch guy. And if they can evolve him more as somebody who actually gets the ball on the screen roll, in addition to setting great screens, which he does, then, you know, he turns into a really valuable offensive player. And, you know, it's sometimes it's flimsy, the whole argument that you get a guy involved on offense and he's more engaged on defense. I don't know how much it holds true. It'll only ever be anecdotal. Yeah. Um, he's looked really good on that end, too. Well, Ish Smith blew by him tonight. Uh, okay, but that's a... Role, that's a so. Point guard who yeah. exists to blow by Jonas Valanciunas. Yeah, like that's that's um, how Ish Smith eats. Yeah, I, I don't think Jonas is going to be containing the, you know, the side uh, screen roll anytime soon when no. it's that type of quickness. But it, but if that happens, then the Raptors have screwed up to some extent. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, um, you know. The one other note with Valanciunas. It is just so nice that even here in the preseason, his string of just owning Andre Drummond has continued. Like, Drummond didn't look particularly good and hasn't looked great for, like, basically a year now, or he hasn't looked engaged you remember at least, when Andre but... Drummond was going to eat the world and, and be, like, a top-five player in the league? Andre Drummond might crack the top ten of players I've been asked if, about hypothetical Raptors trades for. Yes. But Kenneth Freed's obviously number one. <laughs> Nerlens Noel's up there. Um, but like, like the Valanciunas and this for Drummond questions have existed for a really long time. Well, we saw the, uh, we saw the open gym. gym, Yes. You're better than Drummond. He will never. So now he cannot make that trade or else we will have to quote Masai Ujiri, Ujiri saying that he just traded a player who was better than Andre Drummond for Andre Drummond. And Andre Drummond makes 40% more money. Yes, which uh, is bad in terms of cap management. Yes, well, the Pistons, that's their MO. Yeah. So don't Lang- let your coach be the president, maybe. Langston Galloway says hi. John yeah. Lu- Lure? Wow, I can Lure. never say his yeah. name. He also says hello. Yeah. Um, Boban? Yeah, Yeah, 321 for Boban. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, for the entertainment value. Yeah. But uh, Langston Galloway almost died tonight. Um, driving baseline and running into OG and Anobi in the air. It was somebody we should talk about. Yeah, probably. I guess we buried this into 18 minutes uh, deep into the podcast, but he's probably the last guy with that, with that warrants a, a full conversation. OG and Anobi played in the intra-squad scrimmage. You were there. You would have seen a little bit about it. But this was the first time the public got a look at him. Uh, 18 minutes. He shot one of five, missed his four threes, had a dunk attempt that he got fouled on. Um, his one bucket was a terrifically nifty um, like eight move sequence post up yeah. where he drove from the corner into a post up and then ended up finishing with his left after maybe traveling and then also, you know, doing like three dream shakes. It was a lot. Um, and then Just he what also, he's known for. Exactly what he's known for. And then he also had uh, three assists, which was probably the most encouraging yeah. thing that he did. Um, your thoughts on OG Ananobi? He looked more comfortable than he did in the scrimmage. Uh, in the scrimmage, he was clearly still finding himself, which is you know, to be under uh, expected, given that he had not played a meaningful competitive NBA anything um, in front of other people, uh, and you know, because he missed summer league too. Um, but he looked way more assertive here, uh, despite the Jonas Valanciunas esque pump fakes. Uh, <laughs> I think he collected three or four on his first two or three <laughs> attempts. Uh, and uh, Dwayne Casey said, you know, he got Autumn for, for pump faking the, those, you know, they 
they want him to take those. Uh, they think he can grow into a shooter, and they're you know if they're open, which they were, which is why he could afford to pump fake. They're always going to be open. Yeah. Uh, they want them, him to take those. But we didn't get to see too much of him as an isolation defender, which I guess is, like, one of the big curiosities about him because yeah. he could be that guy um, who, you know, not shuts down but gets the top assignments and equates himself yeah. pretty well. The Pistons don't have a yeah, guy exactly. to, to stop. So. Reggie Jackson. Yeah, I mean, he, and he's a point guard and is not good. Like, was not, I shouldn't say is not good. He's fallen on some hard times. He's not that good. He was somehow a minus 28 tonight. He's not that good. Yeah. Um, the th- my, my one complaint about OG Ananobi, he's a little too chatty yeah, after the no, game. Yeah, he should... Uh... Like, there's one answer here. I'm looking at the transcript of his post-game interview. He said five words. Yeah. That's, let's, let's sentence fragment it up, OG. Yeah. yeah. You're not... You know, we've got a rogue garbage bin. As we've learned from Norman Powell post-extension, you got to wait till you get that contract until you start chatting. Yeah, everything Nor- else has to motivate your grind, yeah. and that's all you can say yeah. about it. Yeah, Norman Powell did interrupt my interview with Jakob Pertl tonight. Totally destroyed it. He is fat and sassy on this $42 million. Yeah. Uh, OG, giving you gems like, how did your first game feel? It was all right. Did you know you were playing? I just warmed up with the team. I always warm up with the team. Will your minutes restriction continue into the regular season? I'm not sure. These are, uh, are you feeling close to normal? Almost. These are, you know, you can't be saying this much. Yeah, now, in fairness, those are like... Yes or no questions. But trust me, folks, and this is not a criticism because athletes can say whatever they want to say and they cannot say whatever they want want to say. But... If you were to ask him an open-ended how or why question, you're probably not getting that much more at this stage. Yeah, you're not. Um, um, but, it's a, you know, there's something, like, there is a personality lurking in there. Like, some, sometimes... This is honestly the yeah. most frustrating part for me is because I know he's funny. Yeah. I've seen it. Yeah. He just doesn't want to... He doesn't want to let on for us. Yeah. Which is probably fine. He's a rookie who hasn't played an NBA yeah. game yet. And... Screw the man. Screw yeah. the media. Um, okay, so the Raptors... Um, by the time you listen to this podcast, we'll have two practices before their final preseason game, which is in Chicago on Friday, and then they will have a handful of more practices, hypothetically, before the regular season oh. open next Thursday. They will um, have many more practices. Many more practices. Um, is there anything you're looking for or you think this team is looking for um, that's not, you know, kind of superfluous to what we've already talked about during the preseason is there something is there a point to this these next couple days leading into the last preseason game oh i think obviously they have to make a decision on mcdaniels and mckinney um not much clearer tonight mcdaniel got more run as Dwayne casey sort of suggested he would yeah mcdaniels played nine minutes he had a a big dunk a big chase down block after he himself yeah he also had one awful possession that i remember he was fine um, but as, as you've pointed out, they can elect to keep both of them and have no penalty uh, in terms of the tax or flexibility, really, until uh, mid-January. Are we going to get a little impromptu three-point range here? Oh, no, you guys look too... It's beautiful what you guys are doing together. It's very nice. <laughs> Thanks, Mike. Um, Michael Grange, everybody. Yes. It's weird. It's beautiful. Is this 
Yeah. Oh yeah. The second unit has some chemistry. Um, More than this podcast now that we've yeah, had we've several been, interruptions. We've been derailed just like yes. my interview with Jakob Pertle today. Unbelievable. Um, so, um, I mean, we'll see what happens with that. Uh, I also think, you know, they sort of, they don't need to figure this out immediately. But the, the whole Siakam, Bruno, Ananobi thing. And I suspect that Bruno is going to end up on the ugly side of it because he has played poorly. But you want to know, like... There's probably only room for one, one and a half of those guys in any given game, and they probably need to see more from OG to figure out if he's that guy. It's interesting because I think a lot of us have approached the offseason and analyzing the early part of the season as if OG was not going to be a thing until December or January. Yeah. Which means, you know, a decision like McKinney or McDaniels or how Bruno plays in preseason takes on greater importance. If OG Ananobi is if they're at a place where they're confident in him playing spot minutes at the gate and, you know, Dwayne Casey was talking about today, how after the game, how he's a top 10 pick to them and they want to treat him yeah. as such, you know, that if he's ready to go, that might be his job to lose then instead yeah, of like, Bruno and, all, and Siakam All of a sudden, like it. your four, you know, young guys are pretty obvious. They're Norm, DeLon, OG, and Pirtle, and then Fred, sometimes or you know whatever combination of fred and delon you want to use together um and that would be nice for them if things shaped out that clearly like obviously they would have want some more growth from bruno who's had a bad preseason but um they thought they got a steal on draft night only because of the injury and too early to extrapolate anything, but there's been no reason. Disagree. <laughs> um, yes, not a, not a small enough sample size. The sample size is too big. Look, we have 18 minutes suggesting OG it's is fine. the best point guard on the roster. <laughs> yes. Andy Broughton's level of assists from the, the wing. Yeah. Um, Rest so, in peace, Andy Routens. Yeah. Um, I really thought they might keep Kyle Welcher. But, uh, no. If you had been reading the Athletic Toronto's uh, guide to the final, or handicapping of the final roster spots. I did read that. Yeah, you'd know that the two guys who had the best odds are still in camp. Mm, they sure are. Yeah. Um, Kyle Wilcher was number three, I think. Yeah, so I think those are the big things to sort of monitor over the next game and whatever comes out of those practices. Uh, the starters look good tonight. That's the most important thing. CJ Miles looked good after a few rough nights. Um, we should be about ready to. Oh, and Serge Ibaka. Oh yeah. Finally had a good game. Hello, sir. Yeah. Nice Sorry to... about the noise, guys. I know. Look, I know the audio quality is always really bad when we do these over Skype, and we're trying to find ways to do better. When we're in the arena and we're at the mercy of run-ins, like this is a, a WWF hardcore match, and then also like just garbage cans rolling by and stuff. You know, like, I'm sorry, but it is what it is. But you've got the palpable chemistry that we're sharing because we're face-to-face right now. Yes. So that's the trade-off, people. Yes, even though we won't make eye contact. Well, I don't want to look directly into the soul of such a... Uh, Careful. Fine colleague. I can kick you off of this. You know, Sirit's in Toronto now. We yeah. can. She can be the co-host. Thank God. I am going to bring her on, by the way. Um, Sirit Sohi, who is helping with the Athletic Toronto's Raptors coverage this year, um, is here now, and she's great, and she's going to be on this podcast every once in a while. And 
you know, now that at the Athletic on the app, you can subscribe to writers as yeah. well as teams uh, and leagues. Strong recommend. Yeah, you can cut me out entirely and just follow Blake and Sirat. Yeah, I mean, you could also follow Eric, but yeah. Yeah, superfluous. Yeah. The thing is, is that Eric's Eric's a full-time staff writer. Yeah. He doesn't need those those numbers, you know, yeah. those, those sure. following that writer. Nobody numbers. looks at my metrics at The Athletic. Have a good one. Um, Eric. Oh, don't worry, don't worry. I do right away. Armando, the video... The camera guy, good dude. Yeah. Um, yeah. What was can, I we saying? can we can wrap it up here. Yeah. Man. You were uh, you were trying to be self-deprecating, but also not taking food off your own plate. Yeah. Um, which is always a difficult balance. Yes, as I said today on Twitter, please subscribe for you know all of us, and I need my gold-plated toilet. So uh, hopefully we're gonna we're gonna do some interesting, informative, strange you know, analytical, detailed things this year that you're not necessarily finding elsewhere in the world of Raptors coverage, which, by and large, is very good. And I think Raps fans get a good, a lot of good stuff out there. And, you know, I felt that way when I was a fan um, all those years ago before my soul died and my heart died. And I still feel that way. Um, and hopefully we can add to that and, and put it over the top all right on that note uh oh and this noisy uh background noise low quality riddled podcast will also be around and it's free um uh, it's strictly as, as it should it's be. strictly a vehicle <laughs> for um me to get really self-conscious about all the emails i get about the audio, audio quality and then for us to push subscriptions to the yeah thanks for emailing blake and not me guys yeah, i appreciate don't, it don't bug eric with it um guys thanks so much for listening we will be back Sometime next week to tee up the season opener against the Chicago Bulls on Thursday, October 19th, and to, you know, put a close the book on the preseason, which, you know. Should we bring, like, I Will Remember You by Sarah McLaughlin to soundtrack it? Yeah. Um, what would we, can we release a video with it of the missed threes from Rounds? Kennedy, <laughs> Kennedy Meeks is two and a half minutes on the court. Uh, maybe next week we could just do an all-time rankings of Raptors trading cap fodder. Ooh, Dwight Bikes was here tonight. But he made the team. Yeah, he did. He didn't play tonight. Um, there were some good ones. Jordan Hamilton. Yeah. That's a guy I was high on. There was a Wright. Antoine Wright. No, Antoine Wright made the team. He, there was another Wright? I feel... Well, Ju, there was Julian, Julian Wright, Wright who made yeah. the team, but I want to say there was another one, but maybe, I don't know. There's a third Wright, and then DeLon there, Wright also? There's been... There's, we'll research this. We probably won't. Yeah, it'll be the Greg Steams edition of the podcast. Also made the team. That's, I'm, that's what I mean. Yeah. That was him, uh, Jordan Hamilton, and Will Cherry there. Yeah. The greatest story in, in Raptors training camp history is when Jamario Moon got them to cut uh, Luke Jackson, who had a guaranteed contract. I think like that's the most, the only compelling 14th or 15th man story there's ever been. Until Alfonso gets them to cut Bruno. That's not going to happen. I'm just kidding. Um, the darkest timeline. Remain, keep keep the patience in, in Bruno, I guess. Maybe. Um, yeah. Probably don't think about it too much. Yeah. That's, that's the thing. Once the season starts, we don't have to, <laughs> look, he's not going to be at Hershey Center. He's not going to be on the Air Canada Center floor. He's, he'll just be a guy. Yeah. All right. Uh, thanks so much for listening. We'll talk to you next week. Eric, thanks, buddy. Thank you, Blake. See you guys. If only to be a reasonable man.